Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm here with Britt Marie Hermes, and I actually have her biography uh, in front of me, but I thought it might be more interesting to just ask her right off the bat. Uh, Britt, about five or ten years ago, what is it that you believed? That might be an easier way to kind of uh, inform listeners uh, who you are and where you're coming from. Hi there. Well, I guess the simplest way to say it is that I believed I could cure myself of virtually any health problem naturally. And when I say naturally, I mean without the help of a medical doctor or with the use of pharmaceuticals. So I believe that a healthy diet and taking supplements and maybe some herbs that I found in my garden, along with good intentions and positive thinking and happy positive energy would keep me healthy and cure me in case I got sick. And you weren't alone in this, right? You actually studied to pass this information along to other people. Oh, yeah. I paid a lot of money to study this, actually. And then I charged a lot of money to tell people this. What is that field of study? The field is called naturopathic medicine, uh, which is just a fancy way of saying naturopathy, which is the belief that the body can cure itself and that the body has a magical healing force inside of itself called the vis. And naturopaths believe that we can harness the power of the vis through natural substances, natural substances being botanicals or even energetic substances like homeopathy, to uh, to use a really common phrase, to stimulate our immune system, which really doesn't make any sense when you start to think about it. And uh, we believed that we were the medicine of the future and that we were going to essentially change the way that medicine was delivered by uh, sort of reverting back to this naturalistic way of thinking. You said this word vis. What is Hmm. that word? How do you spell that word? V-I-S. Okay. So this is like some sort of what, a spirit that we can cure within us or something? It's a good spirit. So it's something that we want to harness and it's something that is valued and revered. And it's something that is found in many traditional forms of medicine. So um, is that there's chi? I've heard that word exactly. too. Okay. Exactly. And I think in Ayurveda, it's referred to as the doshas. Okay. So, I, I mean, it seems obvious here that you no longer believe this stuff, but walk me through a little bit more here, which is how long did you go to school to study this? Right. So I went to school at Bastyr University, which is a four-year postgraduate program, and I needed to have a bachelor's degree in order to attend, and I did have to complete some prerequisites. So 
if you include my undergraduate degree in psychology plus the gap year of completing some prerequisite courses, it took me nine years of schooling. And then I completed a one-year postgraduate, quote-unquote, residency in naturopathy, which took place in an outpatient clinic in Seattle. So this sounds very much like the path, uh, not exactly, but in some ways, that a quote-unquote regular doctor would take. Right. Well, it's it's set up to mimic what m- real medicine looks like in order to provide the illusion to the public, to patients, to lawmakers, to anyone who's really willing to listen that naturopaths are doctors when in fact it's nothing more than a facade. I mean, as you said, the steps when stated superficially like I just did, it sounds like we go through the same type of process. I mean, you're going through a residency. You're taking, I assume, science classes when you're going to school. Exactly, exactly. And so what what the naturopathic curriculum does very well is that it has hijacked these commonplace medical terms that the public is very familiar with and that the public has come to trust to understand who is a qualified physician and who isn't. So when I say words like pre-med or biochemistry or pharmacology or residency, these trigger, you know, these, uh, this understanding in patients and in lawmakers and, and almost as just a way to easily accept whatever the person is saying. And I think this is done, as I said, very intentionally to mimic, to make it sound like naturopaths are trained just like medical doctors. But even though the titles are the same, the content provided inside Uh, the classes with these titles and in this type of residency program is very different. So let me ask you, I'm actually not as familiar with naturopathy, but I have heard phrases like homeopathy, which you mentioned. I've heard Mm -hmm. alternative medicine. Is there a difference with all these things? You know, if you are practicing and working within the alternative medicine world, then yes, there is a difference. But from an outsider's perspective, there's really not much of a difference. And this is interesting because naturopaths like to make sure that we distinguish ourselves from other types of alternative medical practitioners as a way to legitimize ourselves, as a way to say, oh, no, 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 my training is really on par with that of a medical doctor because I take you know, so many hours in pharmacology or because I see patients in a teaching clinic and we are not homeopaths. But when you start to Did you look, make did you make fun of homeopaths? Totally. Totally. <laughs> this was this was a big point for me. I would get I would actually get upset when people called me a homeopathic doctor. And looking back it's so silly because you can't practice naturopathy without homeopathy. Homeopathy is so intrinsic to the naturopathic program and to the naturopathic worldview that you really can't take the two Apart, So it's such a silly thing for me to have gotten upset over, but it really just speaks to uh, a lack of understanding by naturopaths themselves of how they are trained and what really their worldview and their belief system encompasses. You sound like a religious person making fun of Scientology for (laughs) believing silly things. Um, Totally. So what what sort of science classes did you take when you were studying naturopathy? Mm-hmm. Uh, the program has changed since I've graduated, but when I went through it, it was set up where you had two years of basic science courses, and these basic science courses were were definitely basic science courses, but the depth and the amount of information and the amount of detail that 
I learned in these classes definitely was not as extensive as it was in my master's of science course that I'm taking now. And then after these two years, I took clinical science courses, which had all of the same names of the courses that regular doctors would take, like gynecology, for example, or pulmonology. Um, But these classes were all taught by naturopaths. Maybe a medical doctor here or there, you know, peppered in some lectures, but for the most part, it was naturopaths educating, indoctrinating other naturopaths. And so while there was a little bit of medical information passed along, it was mostly naturopathic information that we were being taught. So say we were being taught how to diagnose asthma, well, we were also being taught how to treat asthma with homeopathy, with herbs, with mind-body exercises, with meditation, and a whole host of other uh, remedies that are not part of any standard of care. So what I'm trying to figure out then, and I don't know if this is fair to ask, I don't know how many masters of science classes you've taken so far, but what are the big differences between the hard science, uh, and I I don't mean that in a difficult sort of way, but the hard science you might learn in a typical uh, biology class, maybe, and the sort of biology you would learn in your naturopathy uh, courses? Is there a big difference? You're saying it's not as in-depth, but I guess if you're saying there's all this pseudoscience that plays into your naturopathy classes doesn't that conflict with the science you're supposed to be learning, the scientific method, all that sort of stuff? And doesn't that raise some alarms, uh, ring some alarms within the students in the classes? Yeah. So there's a lot there. So the two classes that I noticed a huge difference in were my molecular immunology course and my molecular pathology course that I took as part of my master's of science uh, curriculum now. They were each a year-long course. At Bastyr, I took a summer school semester worth of immunology, and I took a year-long course in uh, gross pathology, but it should have covered some molecular pathology elements. The biggest difference was... uh, I walked out of immunology for sure from best year knowing very little about the immune system and having a very superficial understanding of how uh, vaccines and the immune system worked, for example, which is something that I should definitely understand as a medical provider or understanding just some of the basic aspects of immunological signal transduction and how immune cells interact with each other. I was really blown away after I finished those two courses here in Germany as part of my MSc program, how much more I knew. And not only that, how ill-prepared I was for those courses. I thought for sure these classes were going to be a cakewalk for me because I practiced medicine, in air quotes. You know, I, <laughs> I had completed medical immunology. I had completed medical gross pathology. I had passed these so-called licensing exams that the naturopaths write and, and You're basically uh, give. taking these courses again for all you know. My credit and my credits didn't count at all. And uh, I, that was a blessing in disguise that I was forced to retake all of these classes because I really knew nothing. I had to work my butt off, basically. And it was, it was really surprising. And I had all of these aha moments with how much I didn't know I didn't know. Tell me and, about those aha moments. What, what was one moment where you realized, wait a minute, they never taught me this before? Yeah. You know, it's hard It's hard to go to remember all of the exact details now, but a huge one was just learning about um, 
how vaccines and the immune system work, for example, and the future of um, targeted cancer therapies and some of these ideas about using the high, the using our own immune system to attack cancerous cells, and reading how naturopaths write about this information and using phrases like stimulate the immune system or, you know, vaccines overloading the immune system, for example, and then actually having a molecular understanding of how these processes work is a, are two very, very different things. And you start to realize that what naturopaths are doing are just stringing together words to make nice sounding, semi-intelligent, if you don't if they're speaking to the right audience and the right audience isn't science literate, you know, you're not going to catch the bullshit. Basically. Sounds like your professors are like Deepak Chopra's all around. <laughs> In naturopathy, it was a lot of a pseudo, pseudo profound bullshit. Yeah. yeah I, for sure. So then it's disturbing then that you're saying you actually did residency. You actually practiced as a naturopathic quote unquote doctor. Um, and you were seeing patients. I mean, patients come to you. I, this is a question I have in general for that profession, which is that you're seeing patients, you're recommending these naturopathic remedies that surely don't work because they don't have this basis mm -hmm. in science. At some point then, don't these patients mm -hmm. come back to you and say, nope, I'm not any better. Whatever you suggested didn't work. Mm -hmm. What should I do? I mean, when you have patients doing that over and over, as I imagine they do, at mm -hmm. what point do you say, oh, maybe this stuff doesn't work like I thought it would? Or is it their well, fault because they have the wrong V or G or whatever you call it? Exactly. So we have a lot of different uh, mechanisms to deal with it. <laughs> and so, so one is you've totally touched on, we blame the patient. You know, the patient is too sick to get better. You know, they're too, we use words like devitalized. They're too devitalized or their vis isn't strong enough. And uh, they've been sick for so many years that it's going to take 20 years for them to get better. And we make up all of this ridiculous explanations. Or we say, you're not really following the naturopathic treatment plan perfectly. Did you have any gluten last week? Because if you even smelled gluten, if you even walked into the same room as a bagel, then huh. that could be enough to prevent you from getting sick. And then the other, or from getting better. Yeah. And then the other piece of it is that most of what naturopaths treat in the office are self-limiting conditions. You know, patients are coming to you, especially in a primary care context, with, uh, you know, benign self-limiting conditions, maybe a viral infection, maybe, you know, a bizarre rash where they don't know where it came from, or, you know, some ache or pain. And it really would get better on its own with time anyway. So after one week, two weeks, three weeks of taking an herbal tincture and they get better, it's easy for uh, the diluted naturopath and the patient alike to be like, aha, this works. And just reinforces uh, believing in this system of naturopathy. What sort of patients are visiting these doctors? So it, that depends on the state and depends on whether or not the insurance company is covering naturopathic care and, um, and also the income of the area that the naturopath is working in. So when I worked in Seattle, I worked in, a, in an affluent neighborhood and I was able to accept and uh, charge insurance companies for my services so patients could get reimbursed. And so I had a lot of patients seeing me for primary healthcare care. So I was doing vaccines, I was doing uh, flu visits, sick visits, bronchitis, you know, 
the in like I think I broke my thumb, you know, all sorts of primary care stuff. But when I was practicing in Arizona, where I was not allowed to bill insurance and I was working in Tucson, which was definitely more of an economically depressed area, I was seeing patients for a totally different subset of conditions, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, and a lot of like, I think I'm sick with this mysterious illness because every time I walk into the perfume area of the mall, I get a headache. So maybe I have chemical sensitivity disorder and some bogus stuff like that. What going back now? So how long have you been taking your master's of science classes? So 18 months, I'm in the final six months of the program. Okay. So looking back now, is there anything you wish you would have told your classmates or even your professors at the naturopathy school? Oh, (laughs) no. (laughs) No, because, you know, I was drinking the Kool-Aid too. You know, I really believed that I was doing the right thing, not just for me, but I thought I was part of this revolutionary healthcare movement and that, you know, I used to talk about the healthcare system being sick and how doctors provide sick care and not healthcare and all of the same language that you hear naturopathic and alternative medicine proponents say. And so I really felt like I, the skills and the information that I was learning at Bastyr was going to allow me to travel throughout the country and even throughout the world and to help revolutionize how healthcare was being delivered and to change it from the sick care system to a preventative care system, which is totally idealistic and naive and, and crazy now that I know what I didn't no, it's absurd to think that you can just take some magic herbs and magic sugar water and go from clinic to clinic and sprinkle it on people and everyone and magically get better. That's, that's not how it works. I, I hope this doesn't come, come across as offensive in any way, but you're, you're smart. You're going to take these master's classes. You're getting your master's now. Uh, and we'll talk about what you're doing now. But one question that I'm struggling to understand is how all of these students, yourself included at the time, you're all going into this profession thinking, you know, I'm good at science. I really enjoy science. I want to help patients. Um, Probably you're saying to yourself, I value critical thinking and Western medicine has it all wrong. How is it that so many people, including these professors who have done this for a living for so long, how are all these people so gullible? How do they fall into this so easily? And what can we do to prevent them uh, from, like you said, drinking the Kool-Aid? Yeah. I'm not offended at all by that question. I'm perplexed by this same question all the time. And we definitely need to, to put some thought and some research into this because... If we don't start to address why people are turned on to naturopathic medicine and alternative medicine practices, I think we're going to have a problem, actually, in the future. And we're going to have this sort of war between conventional medicine and science and evidence-based medicine and then everyone else on the other side. And one thing we all had in common, at least as far as I remember it, is we all had a terrible experience with a medical doctor. And for me, my medical experience was early enough, early enough in my life that it really shaped the remainder of my life and how I approached what I wanted to study in college and who I aligned myself with socially even and how I ate and where I grocery shopped. And, you know, it starts to, it starts to turn into an entire 
lifestyle. It's not just, I think, you know, herbs are good or, you know, all diseases should be cured with food. It turns into this whole like way of engaging with the world. And then what I started to do unconsciously was, you know, select my world and everyone and everything in it to just fit my, my own thought process. I didn't want to be challenged, in fact. And whenever I confronted information or someone who didn't agree with me, I had this simple way of brushing them off and disregarding what they were saying as like, you know, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And I would just sort of shut down to the conversation. And I think that this is a pretty common, I think this is a pretty common trend. It sounds very much like its own subculture that kind of feeds back on itself. And I hear the same thing with people who deny the efficacy of vaccines, too, Mm -hmm. because it seems like they're on this island that makes no sense, not based on evidence. But when you're surrounded by other people who are convinced that, you know, vaccines cause autism or you can't give kids all these vaccines at once, they all think, oh, I'm surrounded by all these people who think the same way. Clearly, we're all on to something. Right. I think something that maybe isn't appreciated enough, and I hope to help, you know, shine light on this, is that when someone starts to step out of, you know, the shadows, sort of speak, you know, when I started to move away from naturopathy and question all of uh, my beliefs that were keeping me in the naturopathic system, it was really, really emotionally difficult. And it got to a point where I didn't know what to trust or what to believe. Everything that I thought I knew suddenly came into question. And so I was really, even the simplest things became very difficult. I was really confused all of the time. I remember walking through the grocery store and reading the signs for the organic produce and and standing there and thinking about it like, I don't know. I don't know if I need to be buying organic produce anymore <laughs> or yeah. going and I'm buying, you know, shampoos and reading the ingredients and suddenly questioning, do I need to be concerned about the parabens and the preservatives <laughs> on this label? You know, everything, everything was a problem suddenly. I just, I didn't know how to interpret information and evidence and and everything that was bombarding me anymore. That's funny. I remember uh, Julia Sweeney, the comedian, did this one woman show, Letting Go of God, and she speaks about how when she... Uh, realized she was no longer a Catholic and didn't believe in God, Uh, she had to rethink all those basic things like, well, if God's not like holding us up in space, why aren't we just like all falling (laughs) all the time? And it's like, no, there's an explanation for that. But even those basic things you have to to rethink because you think you've been wrong about it the whole time now. Um, So let's talk about some happier stuff, which let me start with saying, what was the big trigger that got you thinking, you know what, I know I've been studying this for so long, but I think I'm wrong about all this. Was there one event that really caused you to to move to the light side? (laughs) Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, it's not a happy story. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, we'll get to the happy stuff in a second. What happened then? Well, this was... um I've written about it. So I was practicing in Tucson and I was working for a naturopath and my boss was importing a non-FDA approved medication and delivering it intravenously to very sick cancer patients. And as a new doctor, I had free time on my hands and under his medical orders, I had also delivered this medication to patients. And when I found out that this medication was not just 
not FDA approved, but also dangerous and not approved for some very important and significant reasons around quality control and good manufacturing practices and that the manufacturer of the drug was actually facing criminal charges and all sorts of yucky things surrounding this. Uh, This was a, a really scary and important and pivotal moment in deciding that I didn't want to be part of the profession. And essentially what happened was I found out this information on a Friday. I quit my practice on a Monday, the following Monday. I reported my boss to the um, county attorney and to the medical board per my lawyer's advice. And then I spoke to a mentor of mine who had been a, or still continues to be a very important figure in the naturopathic community. And my mentor told me that I was doing this all wrong, that in fact, I was making too big a deal of this, that I didn't need a lawyer, that there was no potential malpractice at play, that this was not, even though this was borderline illegal, this was really not that big of a deal and I should just let it go. And if I don't want to do it, it's no big deal, but I should just go back and continue to work at this clinic. And that was just absolutely devastating for me because not only did I now feel like Uh, I had worked with this scumbag of a doctor. I was being told by someone who was very well respected in the community that this wasn't a big deal, which led me to think that this was actually probably a pretty common place practice. This is a systemic problem, not just a your doctor problem. Exactly. And so I set out looking at what other naturopaths in the state, for one thing, were doing. And then around the country we're doing, and it turns out that it is pretty common that NDs seem to have no regard for, uh, you know, what the FDA says. They seem to make up their own standards of care. They don't seem to care about studies on safety or efficacy and believe that they have some superior ability to assess evidence when it comes to uh, treating patients with very uh, serious and hard-to-treat diseases like cancer. And I decided that ethically, I could have nothing to do with this profession anymore. How long? So, I mean, your whole life changed in like the course of a week. It was a very hard week. Yeah, I'm sure. When did you, you began a website to talk about this stuff. Can you tell me about how that started? When that started after you figured all this out? Yeah, so that started many months later. I... I let me see if I can remember the time frame. So I quit my practice and all of this happened in the spring. And then the following winter in January, my husband and I moved to Germany for him to finish his PhD program. And I was going to be starting my master's of science program that following spring. So I had some free time on my hands. I was living in Northern Germany and it was very cold and snowy and rainy and I didn't speak German. And I was now processing everything that happened to me over the past several months. And as I started to look up information on the internet, I realized not only was there uh, not accurate information out there about the naturopathic degree and what naturopaths were doing and how they practiced, but actually the information that was being put out by the naturopathic profession itself was blatantly misleading. So the profession and the schools were saying things like naturopaths are trained on par as medical doctors. And they were even going so far as to say naturopaths are primary care doctors and naturopaths are trained, you know, in all sorts of clinical sciences and can work in hospitals and have all sorts of powers that they 
actually don't have. And after spending a great deal of time sort of auditing the naturopathic profession and then looking back at how I was trained, I realized that my voice was was needed. And so I decided to start a blog. And the name of that blog is? Naturopathic Diaries. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. What have you found has would be the best way to talk to people who are like you in the past? I mean, what's the best way to get through to them that there are serious problems in this profession because I'm sure they get it from people like me all the time and they just dismiss it because I'm the asshole on the other side, but you were one of them. So how is it that you can get through to them? What have you found to be effective? So going slowly, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. I think it's important not to bombard people with all of the information at once, because once you start to lay it all out there, then the worldview literally explodes. And it's very difficult to accept, you know, within 10 minutes or an hour or even two days that everything you thought you knew is possibly wrong. So it's really important to start with just bite-sized pieces of information and to keep the examples and the information that you provide as simple as possible. When you start to make really sort of broad analogies and complex analogies, you're you're definitely going to lose people. The other thing is, especially for medical doctors who might be listening or uh, anyone who works in the medical field, nurses or psychologists, it's important to listen. So for me, one of the things that drove me into alternative medicine was feeling like I wasn't heard every time I went to the doctor. And it's not that I needed to be provided with alternative healthcare information. I just needed to be heard that I was scared, that I was concerned about my health, and that I needed someone who was going to be my partner in helping me to get better. And I feel like if some of that reflective listening had been provided to me in a medical context, maybe things would have gone differently. Have you heard back from other naturopaths who have read your blog and changed their minds? Oh, yeah. What have they said? They said that they are so happy to have read something about what they've been thinking all of this time. And so, unfortunately, they're also seeing a lot of the backlash that I've received, which prevents them from speaking out publicly. Uh, I've had another... I've. I've had one naturopath write on my blog anonymously, and then I've had just many, many naturopaths reach out to me privately expressing their support and just happy that I'm doing this. Can I ask you, what sort of backlash are you receiving? Because I imagine it's fierce. It is fierce. It seems like the people who know you best know how to hurt you the worst. And uh, there's definitely lots of, you know, the silly the silly ways of trying to hurt me, like by calling me an unsuccessful naturopath and stuff. But then there are, you know, the people who have just made up really fantastic tales, like my husband kidnapped me and forced me to move to Germany so that I am being forced to write this blog from abroad, you know, just all sorts of ridiculous, ridiculous uh, statements. And then, you know, the internet trolling fake websites going up. That's actually been one of the hardest things for me is right now there are two fake websites set up under my real name. And then there's a website uh, 
that refers to fact-checking my naturopathicdiaries.com website. So just a lot of people that seem to have uh, a lot of free time and desire to try to, to hurt me and to shut me down. Well, it's not like they're learning science in their spare time. So <laughs> it's not like they're learning. Actually, and it, it sort of motivates me because I it's it's really interesting because I read some of this stuff and I'm like, aha, okay, you're still not thinking about this right. So how can I communicate this message differently? So it can be really motivating for me at times, actually. Yeah. So your blog is aimed at other nature of paths, maybe people who are in school or thinking about going to school or even doctors, quote unquote, who are in the profession. What would you say to patients, because I'm sure there's a ton of them out there, who just don't trust Western evidence-based medicine? Right. So this one's tricky. And I think what's important for, uh, for patients to understand is that, first of all, people who go into medicine, medical doctors go into medicine because they care about people. You know, I guarantee you, I promise you that when you walk through that door of that doctor's office. That doctor is looking at you like a whole person. You know, he wants to know or she wants to know the ins and outs of you and all of the elements that are affecting your health so that he or she can help you the best way possible. Patients are definitely not being viewed as dollar signs. That is not the case. Medical doctors are caring, kind, great people. The other thing is that medical doctors are human. And so, of course, there are going to, you know, be examples of medical mistakes. And one of the the frustrating statistics that people of alternative medicine like to bring up is the difference in medical errors compared to errors that naturopaths make. Well, there are just thousands, thousands, thousands more medical doctors practicing. So it's just a probability game. It's a, you know, it's a numbers game. Of course, you're going to have more errors when you have more medical physicians practicing. But there's something very important to keep in mind, and that is that medical doctors are very, very well trained. So if we're going to talk about numbers and probability, the chances of a medical doctor getting your diagnosis right and treating you correctly the first time is much, much, much higher than a naturopath being able to do so. Because as a naturopath is going to treat you based off intuition, based off folklore, and based off of traditional medicine methods that are not necessarily based in any science or evidence. I really appreciate the, the thing you said, because I often hear alternative do- uh, medicine doctors, again, quote unquote, uh, mm-hmm. talk about how they treat the whole patient, They're the, the holistic medicine aspect. And you're right, medical doctors who actually went to med school, no, they do treat the whole patient because you're not going to help them if you don't know everything that's significant to know about them, too. Um, so what are you passionate about now? What sort of issues are you trying to raise? Uh, what would you like to see changed? I am very passionate about public health and how medicine and science is communicated to the public. You know, I like to know why the the decisions are being made and then how to effectively communicate that information to the public so the public understands why those decisions are being made. So again, when it comes to vaccines, for example, and whether or not the flu vaccine is effective or why the strains got picked, you know, I want to hopefully be someone who can help clearly communicate that information to, you know, Joe Schmo, to my mom, to grandma, so that everyone understands that this is being you know, this is how the decision-making process goes, and this is in the best interest of the society. And then to help people translate those public health benefits into individual health benefits. 
And I believe you also have a petition that you're working on too, right? I do. I have a change.org position, petition titled naturopaths are not doctors. Stop legitimizing pseudoscience. And so I currently have just over 7,500 supporters. I am looking for a goal of 10,000. And this is to help uh, show lawmakers across all of North America, so both Canada and the U.S., that the public is concerned about uh, people, naturopaths, taking shortcuts in their medical education and lawmakers uh, legitimizing these shortcut systems and letting naturopaths call themselves doctors and basically passing off uh, what I would consider fraudulent medical care to the public. So if your petition was successful, what would happen? (laughs) Well, I don't know. (laughs) It's to be determined. But it's certainly going, I think, you know, there's definitely power in numbers. And I think one of the the arguments that naturopaths try to use and sometimes successfully use when they're lobbying to to lawmakers to get their bills passed is that alternative medicine is popular. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Aspects are of alternative medicine are popular. And I that's because people are misinformed. And so what I'm trying to do with this petition is actually show lawmakers is that actually we don't really ca- it doesn't really matter if alternative medicine is popular. What people really care about is competent medical doctors. And so if we can if we can show the government that we really want well-trained physicians and we don't really care if elderberry is popular this month or not, then I think that's what is going to get the message across. Do you think insurance companies should subsidize naturopathic medicine? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Is- and it's and it's in their it's definitely not in their best interest. It's going to cost insurance companies more money to in the end because patients aren't going to get better and they're not going to get the right treatment. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. We will have links to your blog and the petition in the show notes. Uh, Britt Marie Hermes, she used to be a naturopathic doctor, quote unquote, and now she's studying to get her master's of science degree uh, in Germany. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me.